0: Welcome to GenCast, a sponsored podcast series brought to you by Genetic Engineering and Biotechnology News. I'm your host, Jeff Bukaliskis. By any benchmark, Edward Jenner was an excellent observational scientist and practice clinician. Yet it's difficult to imagine that he had any clue he was about to make one of the greatest discoveries in science and medicine, just as the 18th century was ending. His observations on milkmaids and cowpox, as well as his subsequent development of an effective smallpox vaccine, spawned the field of immunology and irrevocably altered medical treatments. Vaccines represent one of the greatest weapons we have in the clinical arsenal, so their continued development is imperative to global public health initiatives, especially for those in poverty-stricken regions of the world. For instance, the World Health Organization notes that neglected tropical diseases, such as schistosomiasis, a parasitic infection caused by freshwater worm, affect more than a billion people and cost developing economies billions of dollars each year. Additionally in recent years dozens of countries have reported rapid spikes in zika infections which is known to cause serious birth defects for pregnant women carrying the virus vaccine development is critical to help control and potentially even eradicate some of these deadly pathogens collaborations between academia industry suppliers and government organizations is critical for the successful development of these drugs and knowledge sharing helps accelerate production timelines reduce costs, and increases the chances of bringing important vaccines to market. This is where the technical expertise and formal training offered by the MLAB Collaboration Centers at Merck is helping support successful vaccine development. In this podcast, I had the privilege of discussing some current vaccine development projects with an array of scientists and technical experts. Let's meet our podcast panel and find out how Edward Jenner's legacy is continuing to help those in dire need.
1: My name is uh, Bart Frischem. I'm a process development scientist.
2: Hello, I'm Luciana Leite. I am from the Laboratory of Vaccine Development at Instituto Butantan, Brazil. Hello, my name is Marilena Botazzi. I am the co-director
3: of Texas Children's Hospital Center for Vaccine Development at Baylor College of Medicine in Houston, Texas. Hello, this is Julian. I'm the director of our process development
4: at Texas Children's Hospital Vaccine Center Development Center with Baylor College of
5: Medicine. Hi, I'm Victor Eberman, and I'm a process development scientist based on Brazil.
0: Excellent. So we're just going to get into the first question and we'll begin. We've all seen recent news headlines about emerging infectious diseases on the rise to epidemic levels in underdeveloped regions. Additionally, these and many other areas of the world face the challenge of preventing and treating infectious diseases that are either persistent or that can spread quickly. How are your teams working to solve these problems?
2: Well, here at Instituto Butantan, we have tackled a few emerging infectious diseases diseases that come from time to time. We have been working for some time now with the dengue vaccine. It's a collaboration with NIH, and we are at the time finishing a phase three clinical trial. But we have recently also worked on the Zika vaccine, which we had a recent epidemic, which now has gone, but we continue working on it. We done worked on an inactivated vaccine for some time and it continues to work on it, although with a lower priority. We also work with other vaccines that are neglected tropical diseases, such as the schistosoma vaccine, which we have had a previous collaboration with the Baylor Group. And we continue to work on it, working with functional genomics and looking for other vaccine candidates. And it's an important project that we have worked for some time. And it's a persistent disease and it's an important project that goes on.
3: Thank you. So in addition to emerging diseases of importance, there are also infections that are primarily caused by parasitic worms, which certainly are highly persistent and chronic, causing huge burdens of morbidity, disease, and mortality. But they also afflict billions of people globally. So Texas Children's Hospital Center for Vaccine Development at Baylor College of Medicine is a nonprofit, academic-based product development partnership, which leads the development and testing of low-cost and effective vaccines against these neglected and persistent tropical diseases. So, for example, one of the diseases that our vaccine center focuses is schistosomiasis. Um, the schistosome parasite is a snail-transmitted waterborne worm that is found in freshwater bodies in tropical ecologies but most of which are either in low or middle-income countries, such as Brazil, as we heard, and other sub-Saharan countries. We know that there is an estimated 250 million people infected, particularly of importance in children and women of reproductive age. And if we look even deeper, according to global burden of disease studies, in some African countries, approximately half of the population is infected. So this disease is quite important as you see globally because it reduces the individual's productivity and quality of life due to its chronic complications, of just having the infection, but also because it causes malnutrition, inflammation, and pain. So for example, sequelae like renal failure or other complications in pregnancy can be of high importance. We do have a current drug, praziquantel, but this drug cannot really prevent reinfection and doesn't have any direct effects on the eggs of the parasite, nor causes a reduction of the pathology, which is associated with its chronicity. So this is why there is a very urgent and very critical need to develop preventive measures such as vaccines that would serve in a role of an important technology to reduce the burden of these chronic and persistent diseases, such as in this case, schistosomiasis. So for our schistosomiasis program, we focused on targeting a protein from the worm's outer surface, which is also called a tegument in the worm. And we specifically wanted to see if we could express. Uh, synthetically genetically engineer this protein, and we wanted to use a modified yeast expression system to produce it, scale it, and utilize it as a potential vaccine target. And we really needed to initially do a very rapid production process. That would be certainly suitable for testing in the first phases of clinical testing. But clearly, this would eventually need to have much more improvements, further optimizations, and advanced product development for us to be able to be suitable for transferring this into industrial production or certainly vaccine manufacturers such as Instituto Butantan in Brazil.
0: What challenges were you facing that led you to collaborate with Merck to solve it?
3: So in our case, for Texas Children's Hospital Center for Vaccine Development, I am going to actually introduce my director of process development, and she will give you a brief of how our collaboration with Merck and the N-Labs were designed. Historian, so there were
4: two major process development challenges we were facing for the production of our recombinant protein-based chistosoma vaccine. Firstly, we had efficiency issue. We had low protein recovery rate of only thirty one percent after a three-step purification process. And the second challenge we have is scalability issue. So the microfiltration method we use for its culture clarification was not very reliable when scaling up. And these challenges led us to seek for the support and collaboration with the experts in the industry.
2: Butantan has worked for a long time with Merck, since the time of the renovation of the production facilities. They were a big support for changing the process, for scaling up, for turning them into GMP, and Butantin relied strongly on these companies to update the process and increase the quality and the production levels of the vaccines and the immunobiologicals at Butanta. The latest challenge that came up now is for the scale-up of the dengue vaccine. We have produced in GMP the vaccine for phase one, for phase two, and for phase three. But the production for in industrial phase and for all of Brazil and maybe more will be another step which would benefit from the expertise of a big industrial company. And so we think that this would be very important to be able to establish a robust process and to be able to get this process producing with good yields and good process with high quality. And it will be very important to have the expertise of these companies to get this going well. In the laboratory, we also work on several vaccine developments and we developed several products in the bench scale. And we have to do the scale up from bench scale to pilot scale. And we count on the support of these companies to be able to go forward with all of our products in development.
0: So I want to throw the conversation over to Bart and Victor now, who represent the MLAB Collaboration Center Global Network of Expertise. Can you both talk about your roles and how you address the challenges brought to you by Bhutan Institute and the Texas Children's Hospital?
5: So as a part of the AmLab collaboration center I see that the idea of a AmLab collaboration center helps to empower this change with customers and following the three pillars of uh, learn explore and collaborate the experience enhances their capacities and our idea of showing proper use specific products or understand their needs and try to give them a sense of how to work at a GMB facility. In most of the case, they are in good shape with their bench scale and the idea of a linear dimensioning or linear scale up with some provider helping the customer it's really a key point to the relationship so being a part of this step by step with customers help them develop their process and reaching their yields and goals so the main idea of use the collaboration center is to bring customers and definitely try to increase their knowledge in terms of employees that are working at the facility level and explaining the difference between GMP and GLP. So this relationship is a key point to us.
1: So as a process development scientist, I'm part of a larger group of scientists and engineers. They're based globally not everybody has access to the M lab or is able to travel to one so we basically act like an extension of an M lab we bring probably combine hundreds of years of experience in bioprocess to our customers wherever they might need it. So we generally work with them on early to late phase processes to improve them, redesign them, and also show them and educate them how to use our technologies. It's very important to emphasize the global aspect of the technology management organization. So we can develop a process in one geography, work to transfer it to another one, and support the manufacturing at yet a completely different geography.
3: Thank you. So I am going to let Zujun Liu to also provide an example from the work that we have been doing with BART and as part of the MLAN extension program with the opportunity
4: to work with SPART as part of the MLab extension program. Together, we review in detail the production process, identify the purification steps that caused the major yield loss, and redesign the protocols. And more than just consultation, but actually came to our lab with the state of our equipment and developed the protocols with us and showed us how to run the experiments. So we designed a new cascade tangential flow filtration system based on the Prostac and Pelican technologies for yeast culture clarification and ultrafiltration. And with this new design TFF system, we could increase the product recovery rate from a 31% to Forty-two percent, which means thirty-six percent increase of the final drug substance, and in the meantime, the processing time and buffer consumption, and also the filtration membrane costs will also reduce, uh, which we translate to a thirty-six percent of uh, production cost saving.
2: In terms of collaborations. What we feel is that research, development, production nowadays are extremely multidisciplinary fields. A successful vaccine development or product development, we can't see that it will ever occur without a lot of collaboration from highly specialized experts in different fields. To be able to get a product from the bench through all of the development phases, scale up, clinical trials, regulatory, GMP, to be able to get the product to the population. So collaboration is essential.
1: I just want to say that I really agree with what has been said. Bringing a molecule to the clinic is really a major effort. And it requires basically multiple teams of highly qualified individuals to be successful. So we we're happy to work with Texas Children's Vaccine Institute to kind of bridge that gap from benchtop to GMP manufacturing and you know bring this life saving vaccine to potential patients.
3: Also totally agree with the comments from Dr. Leisure and also Victor and Bart, and especially for these persisting neglect in emerging infections, we do have some major technical and scientific hurdles that we need to tackle. And we really need to have an urgent shift of the paradigm on how we have this blueprint for the development of leading to sustainability, acceleration and more importantly, to have access of these new interventions to the communities in need. So I totally concur that without having strong, transparent, reliable, and sustainable collaborations between not only industry, academia, but governmental institutions such as For instance, the vaccine manufacturing networks in Brazil and other countries that we would not be able to uh, successfully advance these very important products that would really help in the health of the globe.
5: And also we have a vaccine process development team which discuss deeply about all the process and all the trials that we've been running for different types of vaccines. So this increase our capacity and give a capillarity in terms of like uh, information and how to approach some different vaccine or some similar vaccine and try to avoid a waste of time in this really important step of the process of development.
0: So we got our last question, which you guys touched on some of this already, but how do collaborations between different institutions, say industry, academia, or government, play such a critical role in successful vaccine development?
3: So let me give you an example of how collaborations with different institutions help. As we had been discussing, the challenges and certainly the hurdles are enormous, especially for neglected and emerging, and even some of the rare diseases that afflict many people around the world. So for that, you need to start learning how to develop much stronger business cases, evaluate better the demand forecasts, increase certainly the engagement with not only the communities that are in need of these interventions, But also with the legislatures, those who really advance the policies. So, the only way that we really are going to be able to tackle not only the scientific, but also more the logistical and certainly political, regulatory, financial, ethical challenges is to forge these collaborations and bring in the experts from the different stakeholder arenas, right? So for us here at Texas Children's Hospital Center for Vaccine Development, the partnerships with institutions in the biopharmaceutical area as well, certainly the vaccine manufacturers, like I mentioned, and other academia has been transformational for us to really understand the entire ecosystem of how do you bring a discovery from the bench and hopefully leading to delivery and access.
2: I'd just like to add that the collaborations are important because each sector has speciality or better formation in different areas. So there's a synergy when you put them together. It's not that we couldn't do everything if we wanted, but it would take much more time and it would be much less efficient. So when you put the groups together, it works better because the experience of one adds to the experience of the other and things go much faster and efficiently.
0: Thanks everyone for sharing their knowledge with the Gen audience. And thank you all for your time today. Thank you.
2: Thank you very much for this opportunity. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to participate with all of you.
0: Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to GenCast. For Genetic Engineering and Biotechnology News, I'm Jeff Pugliscus.